from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances. Whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities, or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death, we all want to know what happened next. To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show, Ridiculous Romance. A production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Hey. Welcome back to the show. So glad to have you as always. Yes, very exciting for part two today of our crossover with Ridiculous History hosts, Ben Bolin and Noel Brown. Guys, welcome back. Thank you for being here. Yay. It is we. It is we. We remain. <laughs> uh, we went through a lot in that. Like, we learned a lot, I think, Noel. Uh, oh, yeah. And, <laughs> there was a lot of uh, girlish tittering going on. <laughs> I was stimulated in both body and mind. 
Oh, good. Indeed. That's good. what we go for in this show. And I was horrified. So all the ridiculous romance mm-hmm. uh, boxes are checked. The three tiers <laughs> of any successful relationship, right? Yeah, Stimulated in body, exactly. mind, and, uh, uh, you know. Horror centers. Oh, absolutely <laughs> horrified. Yeah, so we um, thank you guys so much for having us back on yeah, for our second date. Um, this mm-hmm. was a wild ride. I'm not going to look at goats the same way for a while. Never. Never. You really hung up on that goat eyelid with the with yeah. the organic French tickler, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Oh yeah, man. Uh, it's painful. Um, but we're gonna move past all that today. Uh, we're gonna leave the goats behind. We're talking about sex dolls. Mm-hmm. We're talking about chastity belts uh, and all the mysteries surrounding them and beneath them. So to start us off, let's uh, let's talk about sex dolls. Where, where do they come from? What's it all about? I guess making a little uh, avatar of your desires is probably pretty old school. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I imagine. Figure as long as we've had imaginations. Right. People are like, I'll just pile some clothes together and see Stick if I can my put dick my in dick in it. In it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> But according to blackbookmag.com, they have an article called Sex Dolls, A Timeline, which is very useful. Um, There were sailors in the 15th century who would take dolls that were, um, they were clothes stuffed with straw or with rags, basically, and they were very not that humanoid looking. They were just kind of a vaguely human shape. It's hard to stuff clothes into a realistic dummy. Yeah. Um, don't ask me how I know. Don't, mm. uh, um, <laughs> I don't think we were going to, but this, well, this, this reminds <laughs> me. So is it like those creepy body pillows? The, you know what I'm yeah, talking about? I was thinking the same of? thing. Yeah. The anime yeah, right? especially. Yeah. Oh, right. sure. Well, and then imagine some of them are straw, which is like so itchy and... I don't know. It doesn't seem as, as comfortable as no, rags. No, but no. they they called them Dame de Voyage. Class. <laughs> oh, the Lady of the Voyage, right? Lady yeah. of the Voyage, yes. And they, they they were just to occupy them while they were in you know, in their long journeys at sea, they would have and uh, we did actually a, a whole episode about gay pirates. Um and it, right. they often would, would, would sometimes use each other. But sure. I guess they would also sometimes take on these these Stuffed rag dolls. Now, do you think kind of prison rules apply at sea? Like That's what, we what happens about a at sea bit. stays uh, yeah. at sea. You know, kind right, of like right. it's like I'm not actually gay. I'm just uh, right. uh, marooned. <laughs> yeah, know? there's just no other holes inside. available. So what I think is interesting is in the last episode we talked about how people said women couldn't survive without an injection of semen at some point or they would go insane. Mm -hmm. And yet here are these men going on a voyage who can't be gone for three months without putting their dick in something. Mm -hmm. Either each other or some straw. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Are you guys familiar with the concept of a fifi? I don't don't know what Fifi. I don't know if this is just something that like uh, my friend made up, or if this is like it definitely represents an actual thing that you guys will be familiar with. But this is a term that my friend uh, Frank, a friend of the show, friend of the universe, uses uh, for an improvised uh, sexual device. Okay. Uh, let's oh. like let's say a toilet paper roll stuffed with <laughs> tissue, uh, filled with mm. petroleum jelly. You know, it okay. could be uh, a winter That's melon. So specific. Like, yeah, we, we, <laughs> I'm, I'm just yeah. just as as an example. As an, have you <laughs> made one of these? <laughs> neither neither confirm nor deny this. They could just be you know two couch yeah. cushions. Sure, um, true. Uh, they're, you know, right. they're any anything that you can use as a stand-in for. Um, 
uh, you know, the, the, the genuine article. But yeah, I don't know. I didn't know if anyone else had heard that term before. A Fifi. Uh, right. It's new to me. Know. Yeah, it's new to me. I know. Yeah. Tell us. If you go to, uh, <clears throat> I guess we have, this is the website. If you go to all one word, makepocketspussy.com, oh. you'll see mm. how to make a Fifi, F-I-F-I for everybody who, all, all right. who also wants cool. to ruin their search history. Uh, <laughs> how to make a Fifi. That, that feels ship has real. sailed for us. That is uh, for real. Sailed. That is. Uh, it's probably got its own <laughs> dom de voyage now. But uh, right. <laughs> but so like this has to have come a long way, right? At, at this point, I oh, yeah. know that now is uh, surely now. It's like if somebody is making a a, a scarecrow uh, thing to have sex with, it's because that's what they want, right? Aren't there better options? <laughs> gotta be. There's. So so many options now, like all those real dolls and stuff that people. Oh, you can't tell the difference uh, between act... these and real humans anymore. It's yeah. we're straight up Jude Law AI. It's oh my god, indistinguishable. At this point. <laughs> like, you I can get a Jude Law real doll. <laughs> Let me look that up. <laughs> you yourself might be a sex doll and not know it. Oh, this is the future we're moving towards. Oh no! How have we not seen a movie about a, a sentient sex doll that gets brought that gets turned into? It goes comes from being a real doll to being a real woman, like in Pinocchio's situation. You know? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Yeah. I want to see that. Sort of like there's that movie Mannequin from the eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Totally right. Sort of that thing a little bit, but I don't know. I want to see that that Bl- story updated. Blade Runner for kind sex. of. Yeah. A24 will probably get on it at some point. They make all those AI yeah, true, type movies. True, true. They love that stuff um, and all the modern horror. They're, they're yeah, Right, exactly. Um, but if you loved the modern sex doll, like real dolls and, yeah. and other versions of that, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you have the Nazis to thank oh, <laughs> for those. God damn it. Oh, man. Um, but in 1941, the SS leader, Heinrich Himmler, Actually, was very enemy concerned. of the show. Enemy of the Ooh, show. Uh, apparently, was very concerned with the Nazi soldiers in like the front lines in Paris and stuff, uh-huh. going to visit too many prostitutes and getting STDs. Oh. And he was basically like, STDs are killing more of our soldiers than bullets are. Wow. So he's like, we need to give them something instead of going to visit these real women. We need to give them something else. So he got a sculptor named Arthur Rink involved in a project called the Borghild Field Hygiene Project. Okay. And it was considered more secret than top secret, oh. which considering they're top secret things, <laughs> right. pretty funny to me. Yeah, there's the Holy Grail <laughs> right. and then a few notches below that. Sex dolls. Sex dolls. <laughs> so but, that's his contribution to history? Like Arthur Rink made the sex doll on his his deathbed. He's like, let my legacy live on. (laughs) Stamp my name on the foot of every sex doll. (laughs) So Black Book Mag writes that, quote, the sculptor on the project, Arthur Rink, created three types of dolls. He had three different types. According to Rink, the SS wanted the breasts round and full. Okay. Of course. And SS doctor Olin Hennison insisted on a rose hip form that would grip well. <laughs> okay. that's uh, So he's like a consultant on this? He like walked in? I guess in. so. He was like, listen, here's all my wish list. You know, mm-hmm. do what you do best, Arthur. You're the sculptor. But I have some notes. Let, let's talk ergonomics. Right. <laughs> I want yeah, a good you, gripping surface. Comfort. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing's worse than losing your grip, right? These guys are already at war. Let's make it easy. Make it simple. 
Um, and then for the face, they were going back and forth on a face for this doll. Mm-hmm. And they agreed that, she, you know, this is a sex doll. So she needs to look a little naughty and like sort of slutty. They wanted a slutty face, <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> okay. Maybe, and they a, actually, maybe more of a come hither look, let's call it. Yeah, we want like a, you know, not a, not a, not a. Uh, an innocent looking gal, I mm-hmm. guess. <laughs> but they actually asked an actress at the time whose name was Kath Von Nagy to be the face of this doll. Oh. And obviously she said, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mm, I would hate to be like, yes, put my face on all these sex dolls that you're going to be sending For the to the Nazi front line. soldiers. Yeah. Unbelievable. So they said, okay, well, we need to create an artificial face of lust that will be more appealing Technician Franz Schockert agreed, saying, quote, The doll has only one purpose, and she should never become a substitute for the honorable mother at home. When the soldier makes love to Borghild, she has it has name? nothing to do with love. Yeah, Borghild. I'm sorry, makes love? Uh, makes love? Okay, yeah. Sure. Look, Borghild deserves some respect. Yeah. <laughs> He says, this has nothing to do with love. Therefore, the face of our anthropomorphic sex machine should be exactly how Weigener described the common wanton's face. Oh. Also starting an industrial band called Anthropomorphic Sex Machine. <laughs> uh, and you would do well, Just I for think. The record. Yeah. And I would yeah. like to see the cover art mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as possible. It'd be one of those steam-powered uh, dildos, probably. Yeah, I think they open right. For them, sure, yeah. you can do like a variety pack. You have your doll. Oh, wait, that, that you was have my other one. Was it? It was steam-powered dildo. Was one. Yeah. And then this right. was yeah. anthropomorphic sex machine. Maybe that's yeah. the name of the album. The band is steam-powered dildo. The album the... is anthropomorphic sex machine. I think we can oh, discover really? some really stuff good. here. I, I think I, I'm still, you know, obviously astounded by episode one, and now we're diving right into Nazi. Real dolls, which is, and they have <laughs> names. Borgild. <laughs> right. Hard Borgild. Not a very sexy name, I might have, but I mean, you know, maybe something's lost in oh, translation. Oh, you don't like Fraulein Borgild? <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of the Borg. I don't know, you know, like, right, I yeah. want to be I want to be assimilated when I uh, lay with this uh, this <laughs> thing. When you make love yes. with your wanton oh, <laughs> sex <up>. machine. <laughs> now you're speaking my language. <laughs> Assimilate me. One does not make love to a sex machine. <laughs> <laughs> so, exactly. So there, it's weird because I would imagine that the face, whatever the face ends up being, it's going to be frozen in whatever static expression they give it, right? So it's like mm-hmm. surprised, or it's like oh, 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 saucy, or, right? Or like mm, I'm into this, I guess. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> or perhaps <laughs> abject horror. Right. That's what I, I'm yeah. Picturing. Maybe yeah. that's the problem. Is that some people that's what the face they would like to see the most. I oh, suppose. No. But yeah, they actually, Time Magazine said that um, because they couldn't decide, you know, they didn't want it to look like a, someone's wife or mother, I guess they couldn't really nail down a slutty face <laughs> for this doll. And they tried. So, and they tried, okay? <laughs> they took surveys. Um, so they kind of left the doll's face pretty blank. Creepier. And they thought that the soldiers would more were more likely to use them if they could sort of impart their own fantasy onto the doll and it didn't mm-hmm. look like anything too specific. Okay. But of course, they're Aryan. They're very much about Aryan uh, value, you know, uh, uh, aesthetics or whatever. So of course, they gave the creation still had blue eyes and blonde hair. Yikes. So other than that, I guess you could give her full lips or thin lips or a big nose or a small nose. However wow. you're... <laughs> Imagination runs wild. You could, you could customize these? Um, just in your head. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> your imagination. Right, Just enough. in your imagination. You sky's close your the limit. Yeah. <laughs> in your mind. In your mind. And so it says, after extensive testing, which I have to ask, oh. I would love to pull into Speculation Station <laughs> and find out what the testing entailed <laughs> of I these dolls. I can only dolls. think of one thing. Think of one thing. Uh, right. Sensual like, moments. It works both in the dark and in the light. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's double check that. That's science. I mean, like, no, I'm kidding. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, <let's... laughs> there's, well, there's obviously... To be the boring answer is they probably have to look at material science and stress True. on these so-called okay, comforters. Sure, so sure. That mm-hmm. checks out as science, but also, also the thing that gets me, and this is just a, a hygiene thing, um, are they one mm-hmm. per soldier? Uh, what's right. the distribution? It's a single-use thing, or is it See, rewashable? If, 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 I was, if I was designing it, I would make a, an ejectable cartridge Oh. At the bottom, so okay. you could you could take You're it thinking, out and put yeah. a new one put in. A new one Dishwasher in. safe, you know. Wow. <laughs> Where were you when the Nazis were trying to put together these it's, real dolls? I've been asked that question many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Noel and I were going to ask you that earlier, uh, but yeah. we knew you'd get to it. We knew you'd get, yeah. to it. We get yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so they did a bunch of testing on, I'm surely, material stresses and also, I guess, how effective they were at uh, arousing you, maybe. (laughs) That's my guess, my gross guess. And so they are like, these are ready to go. And Himmler ordered 50 dolls for his own troops. But by 1942, they... They pulled the plug on this project because the soldiers were way too embarrassed to carry these dolls around. And they were really worried that if they got captured by the enemy, that like American and British and French soldiers would make fun of them. (laughs) Which is so funny that you're like, I'm a POW and my number one concern is that you're going to make fun of me. (laughs) I'm a proud Nazi soldier. I don't want to be teased. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I mean, oh, I get it though, right? Like, uh, also, especially. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Given the propaganda war going uh-huh. on at that mm-hmm. time, uh-huh. it would be a real gift to the Allies to be able to say these guys are running into battle on the fighting for the forces of evil, with also, by the way, their sex dolls. Right. <laughs> right. Like, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These depraved Huns are fucking these random sex dolls. I yeah, that's probably true too. They were like, it'll make us look really weird and weak and bad. Um, <laughs> we don't want. These. We don't want to look bad. We don't Let's look just bad. take we're a bunch Nazis. of amphetamines and masturbate furiously. That'll be a better alternative. <laughs> we'll make it work. I promise. The Hemler. soldier's way. <laughs> yeah, I have always kind of been a little perplexed at like the need for a sex doll. Like, kind of to each their own, but it's just so specific. Right. It's like we we've figured out, you know, analogs without having to, you know, go all out and get this weird uncanny valley thing. Right. Um, I I just don't quite understand the appeal, especially nowadays when they're like, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. There's that movie Lars and the Real Girl. Have you guys seen that with? uh, No, but I've been interested in it. Yeah. He like carries her around. Sexy meme boy. What's his name? (laughs) Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Gosling. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he, he genuinely, you know, forms an attachment, like an, uh, an affection right. to this uh, this thing, and that it's, it's it's a very sweet film, actually. But yeah. Um, yeah. I think it probably for some people th- there is a lack of 
touch, lack of uh, uh, one-on-one, you know, skin-on-skin contact that maybe these things fill uh, a a role for, which I can totally understand. But in general, you know, for, like, the army, it seems like there are easier, you know, ways to to get this done than than having to (laughs) puzzle over what the face is going to look like and all that stuff. For the record, all about it, if it's preventing sexual violence, but sure, uh, sure. do you guys do you guys remember the awesome show Thirty Rock, where James Franco appears as sure. spoiler alert, a guy who is pretending to have a celebrity real uh, relationship because he's secretly in love with a body pillow. It's like one yeah. of some of the best oh, dialogue yes. they have. Uh, but while it seems like on balance it could be a it's, it's a not for me idea, but it it it, it could be a good idea. Um, if it's preventing violence, the thing that gets me is just a really cheap point. Uh, like I live in a in a smaller a smaller abode. I like multifunctional appliances. You know what I mean? I don't like mm-hmm. to get one thing that does one thing. Uh, sure, right. So right. To, like, like a, like a toothbrush. Makes, yeah. Sure. You could do stuff with toothbrushes. Not sex <laughs> stuff. But yeah, well, you can like scrub uh, route. Uh, yeah. To each their own. But uh, I'm thinking like <laughs> if it made coffee or if it had like storage or something mm-hmm. that would be a different conversation but i guess they didn't get to that point in testing did they i guess not i i would like mine to not, not you know i don't want a sex doll that's also like makes dinner and th- you know all these traditional things i want a sex doll that has a six-figure income Ooh. um you know <laughs> goes nice. off to work every day mm-hmm. good and credit I, and i clean up around the house good like credit out. Yeah, good yeah credit. yeah a exactly. nice car <laughs> A few credit cards. I'll stay home. I'll clean. I'll cook. Could it at I least tell you bedtime stories like Teddy oh, Ruxpin be, oh, or yes, something? Yes. You know, yeah. like, nice. Oh, yeah. Like you put a little cassette, cassette tape in the back. In the back. It just sort of <laughs> waggles its weird jaw like, randomly, you know? string. <laughs> now we're talking. Uh, Noel, what did you do with your Teddy Ruxpin doll? That's my question. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm going to leave that to the imagination, <laughs> the imagination of the listening public. No, I never actually had a Teddy Ruxpin doll. It's probably why I am the way I am. Um, yeah. I, just, you know, oh, yeah, I was no, deprived. I was deprived. I, I believe we had a thrift store one that didn't, the cassette didn't work. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had so one it, was, in it was all imagination. Uh, I believe it was my dad years back. Uh, under cover of night snuck in like a very a very <laughs> fucked up cassette tape that was like some sort of heavy metal and didn't tell oh, no. or my mom until oh, she shit. like set it up and all of a sudden you know it wasn't this song but it was like do do us do us like well, with those empty <laughs> eyes and just sort of meh, meh, meh. no i that think you dodged the bullet is what i'm saying yeah i think well if we're in confession corner is that a is that a corner you guys have is there oh, we don't have confession corner yet, yet but maybe we should i did great. lose my virginity for all intents and purposes to one of those plush ikea snakes you know um back in the in the in the 80s they were a lot right. more rudimentary and they were a little more like they weren't as quite as fluffy as they are now but i had one oh. on my ikea bunk bed um and i just sort of it was just there I something it's you know, just there. Kinda, and there's all of a sudden i'm does. like what what's happened and, yeah. uh, <laughs> i'm learning so much about my body <laughs> oh wow i do not remember mine hmm yeah, well, no, I don't know. That's a blank. Best. Yeah, yeah I don't, don't want to. It's just that snake. It haunts my dreams. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I do remember those little, um, those creepy little water snakes. You oh, know, that were yeah. just like a, a rubbery sleeve with like blue liquid in inside. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of go in, in, yeah. In, inside out, inside mm. themselves. Yeah, that yeah. would be a perfect Fifi. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, would be, yeah. that may have been <laughs> the original creepy. design, and they just thought yeah, right. we have to we have to hmm. spin our marketing because we're creeping people out. You know, like the the way that people sell massage tools, which oh, yeah. I'm sure right. we'll oh, get yeah. to. Uh, yeah, they made little water snakes and said, you know what? Uh, sell this to kids. <laughs> Put it in the Discovery Channel store. Yeah. So we need the children. So uh, sex dolls. You yeah, can so- thank the Nazis. We can thank the Nazis, and I guess we can also thank, I know, let's not uh, thank them. We can also thank, I guess, the American and British forces who um, destroyed the factories where they made these dolls during their bomb raids of Dresden. Wow. So we don't have any, I guess we don't have an existing, like, legit SS (laughs) to the front line doll. But there was a, a similar, I don't think it was an actual sex doll, but it was based on the design a doll that was sold in toy stores and this woman Ruth Handler saw one and thought it was a beautiful like blonde uh, lovely woman and decided to make a doll out of it in America and so that is the inspiration for the very first Barbie doll wait so actually Barbie doll (laughs) Barbie dolls were inspired by Nazi sex dolls wow it all speaking of things that were for adults (laughs) but then were then marketed to children (laughs) oh my gosh Okay. Oh. So yeah, well, that is. is why Barbie is blonde with big boobs. She was originally meant to comfort <laughs> comfort oh, no. soldiers fighting for Aryan oh, values. Oh god. Wasn't right. that sort of a, a euphemism or like a kind of polite euphemism for a um a sex worker was a comfort woman? Uh yes. yeah, yeah, but in the Pacific were... Theater. Yeah. I guess they were comforted. I don't know if the women were very comfortable. No, I would think not. (laughs) Comforted by it. But (laughs) I guess they provided some comfort. (laughs) Wow. I'm I'm hung up on Fifi Mm -hmm. only because to me, Fifi, just from a childhood of cartoons, Fifi is like a blue poodle. It's a poodle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Well, Mm -hmm. now you know, guys. Not anymore. (laughs) man. Never look at poodles the same way again. You're right. And that that Fifi would be kind of that French spelling, the F-I-F-I. I I believe that. It would be. Yeah, you're so right. It's a weird one. Do you know, does Fifi stand for, like, is it the first part of something? Or is it just? Uh, It is fully immersive, flagrant, (laughs) fully immersive, flagrant. No, wait, it's fully improvised. Yeah, it's uh-huh. definitely, uh-huh. definitely improvised. Somebody help me out with an I. I would, I would, uh, I would make that second F a different F word. Yeah, fuckable item. Yeah. Oh yeah, fully fuckable improvised item. fuckable item. Thank you guys. Yes. Thank yes. you so much. We gotta text our friend Frank after this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad we cleared that up. Thank yeah. you so much. I, thank you. <laughs> well, I'm just glad to know that it's not just a made up thing. I mean, it is all over the internet. It clearly is kind of a, a term. It would be yeah. weird yeah. if uh, it would be weird if it was something our pal Frank just made up and tried to like normalize and slip <laughs> into conversation. You know, man, <laughs> he does do that sometimes. Though. He does. And he does it with such authority yes. that uh, you oh, kind of yeah, believe it. Yeah. <laughs> right. I believe I'd believe Frank. He's like, this is like a big word that people say. I'd be like, oh, OK, I guess I better learn it real if quick. Frank says so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Frank says it. <laughs> he is going to appreciate that shout out. This is a great spot for a break. We will be right back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. And we're back. But so, okay, I, I didn't know that, uh, but mm -hmm. I also didn't know a really weird thing that you guys found about uh, <clears throat> ancient Rome, like the story of love never did uh, run easy or true for a lot of people. <laughs> and... Mm -mm. You know, this is a situation that happens in ancient relationships as well as current ones. Sometimes people stray. Sometimes they go go off the rails and for one reason or another, find a different lover outside of a committed relationship. Tale as old Tale as time. as old as time. And yeah, apparently in ancient Athens and ancient Rome... Both men and women who cheated on their spouses could legally be killed Whoa. if they were caught, like, doing it. Oh, okay. Um, in the act. Red-handed. In the act. Caught red-handed. <laughs> then 
Go ahead and kill <laughs> or Or whatever hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever your hand is. But there was also another, um, quote, non-lethal humiliating punishment reserved for male cheaters. Where the husband who had been cuckolded could legally sodomize the adulterer with an audience if they want. So sometimes that meant that it would be he would himself penetrate the other gentleman. Um, But what uh, culture was this in? This ancient Rome and ancient Greece. Apparently. I think that's what happened. Remember, in the last episode, I talked about the scene in Caligula where uh, yeah. oh, Malcolm yeah, yeah. McDowell he, he does that to another man. I believe it's out, in, out of punishment for wow. him having oh. done something along these lines because it's very uh, public and uh, like shaming kind of. So yes. uh, an eye for an eye, a boink for a boink. Right. Whoa. Well, yeah. we, we did talk a little bit. <laughs> boink for a boink. We did talk a little bit in the first one about how. It was okay to have sex with men in ancient Rome, but right, only if right. you were the top. So it was very right. humiliating to have anything put into your butt, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Although you could put whatever you wanted into a butt, no problem. Um, and apparently, yeah, sometimes they would do it themselves, I guess. But more often than not, the punishment took a symbolic form where they would insert a radish into your butthole. Oh, oh. <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> and the historian Vicky Leon says, quote, I call it an ancient sting operation Ooh. since Greek radishes grew to a healthy size and had a good bite to them. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it really stung in more ways than one. Oh, <laughs> to God. have this punishment Emotionally visited and upon you. Yeah. Wow. You gotta wonder if someone ever ever knew the risk and said, like, I'll take the radish for it. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, worth I'll it. Just, <laughs> this is worth it. So, but, I mean, and well, um, quick question. So if it was so, um, I guess, uh, shaming or just like taboo to be on the receiving end of this thing, does that mean that there were like special boys that were designed for this purpose <laughs> or bred for this mm. purpose, essentially? Mm. What radishes? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You're going to be my new radish boy. <laughs> Get over here. Um, but Vicky Leon also said that they... I guess probably to avoid this punishment, there were some men who, you know, they were like, I'm so randy. I just always ready to go. I need some anti-aphrodisiacs to sort of help me. <laughs> I don't know. Curb my appetites. Curb my, yeah, yeah, curb my enthusiasm. Yeah. And so men would eat lettuce, which was a salad leaf thought to be a powerful anti-potency drug at the time. Huh. Oh, yeah. Lettuce always turns lettuce. me off. Do you eat it and you're just like, ugh. Well, like in our, our very first episode of this show, we talked about celery. Oh, yeah. And how sexy celery was supposed That's to be right. as an aphrodisiac. Really? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back with, um, um, France, yeah. in France, um, what's her name? Pompadour. Madame de Pompadour uh, and all them. They they thought celery was, was quite the yeah, aphrodisiac. But, again, I don't know why but <laughs> whatever works for you that lettuce is the inverse i guess yeah one leafy one watery leafy green to another uh-huh. I, I guess doesn't celery like uh doesn't it, it calorically expend more energy right. to eat than it provides anyway you know i have I've a theory this. i have a theory about okay. aphrodisiacs based on our last conversation I think uh-huh. it's all like independent marketing from people who are dealing with their own <laughs> situations. You know, like, yeah. hey, it wasn't, wasn't me, baby. It was the oysters. You know how I get. Or like, <laughs> you know uh, how I get. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, or maybe someone's like, you know, 
I do think you're very attractive. I'm very much <laughs> in love with you, but I just had a salad. I just had a salad. So mm. maybe, maybe it's we not just you. Hug. Yeah, it's not you. It's, is, is this where the expression you, the tossing salad. the salad comes from, do you think? Oh. I always, uh, always wondered about mm. that. <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know why. Inspiration for another day, good. perhaps. I mean, me and my yeah. silly etymology questions always. Right, you know, right. We'll add it to the list. They're always filthy, the next... too. They're always yeah. filthy. Well, those are the fun etymologies <laughs> to track down, to be fair. Speaking I'm... of filthy, another anti-potency drug was cream made of mouse droppings ah, that they would gross. spread, oh, I yeah. guess, onto their genitals, which I'm like, just uh, never put shit on your dick. No. no. I just feel like that's <laughs> never bad advisable. Idea. All, always a bad idea. And also, honestly, all you have to say is cream made from mouse droppings, and I'm good. And you're like, you don't need to rub it anywhere. <laughs> You've said it. The image is in my head. I'm not going to have sex for a month. Well, that's that's also <laughs> like a, I, I think that's a hard anti-aphrodisiac, or that's a very... Um, that's like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because then it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what kind of activity you want to get up to. Anybody who is like, what's a little mouse mouse poop between, <laughs> you know, between between <laughs> friends? Uh, they're not going to be the kind of person you want to sleep with. I'm, I'm just, I mm-hmm. hope that's not a blanket statement. I hope nobody feels judged. But if you're trying, right, if right. you're trying to like, have a romantic partner and you keep striking out, it might be the mouse droppings. I'm just saying. Just yeah, Ben is trying to say try something new and just see. Yeah. <laughs> it's the scientific method. <laughs> right, see if you get the same results. I'm okay. So much like the breadsticks, right? In the episode one, I'm wondering about the radishes. Mm, Speaking of salads, get... oh, it wow. is you know. Mm, oh, this salad's delicious. Use... It's really turning me off. <laughs> oh, what's in there? <laughs> well, fresh radishes. Oh, boy. Plucked fresh out straight of, from the garden. Fresh out of a, some garden. Straight from the Someone's earth. garden. <laughs> oh, no. So no, let's hope not. To- tossing salad, radishes as a form of punishment slash abuse, anti-aphrodisiacs. I think that brings brings us to uh, one of the one of the things that I was wondering about as well, which is chastity belts, right? That's a, oh, that's yeah. an anti aphrodisiac for sure, right? Even if you Man, want to, you can't. Do everybody it. loves chastity belts, right? I mean, I always think of Robin Hood men in tights, Same. of course, Amy oh, Asbeck, yeah. uh, and the the Everlast is hilarious. So um, funny. D- Big iron underwear with a padlock on it, right? We all remember these, this impenetrable guard against scoundrels and ne'er do wells, mm-hmm. uh, stopping sex in its tracks. The first evidence of chastity belts goes all the way back to the 1100s. Um, now, Ben and Ol, we, we do a segment on this show sometimes when we, we have our main subject that we're talking about, but maybe we're going to sneak off with something else for just a quick second. Just uh, we're going to take a little quick fling with history. Lock him up and throw away the key. So the Crusades, uh, we've all heard of the Crusades, right? That's what we're going to with this one. About a three-century period in Europe where Christians went out marching across the lands to bring the good word of peace and love about Christ by, um, checking my notes here, uh, lots of stabbing, basically. Oh, yeah. Swords and spears, Crusades. Very Jesus-like. Yeah. Obviously more complicated than that. We're not going to get into the whole history of the Crusades here, but... The thing that separated the Crusades from other Christian religious wars was that the prize for participating in one was free absolution. Like you were absolved of your sins if you went and fought in the Crusades. Mm. So there's all these dudes 
like, well, this is my chance. I've been waiting around for to someone absolve me of all my sins. I've been so such I'll... a piece of shit up till now. <laughs> <laughs> right? Some some guy probably like Gregor the Smith is like, oh, I've can't believe how much I've sinned. Oh, oh there's no. rules for getting into heaven, but damn, I broke every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so somebody says to him, hey, you, you, you know what? Come on down, Gregor. Sign up for the Crusades. You'll be free to go. Get into heaven. All you got to do is kill a bunch of people for us. Oh, right, right, and okay. everything's all set. But but this guy, Gregor the Smith, he's worried while well, my wife is back home. And of course, as we've all learned, wandering uterus, wandering uterus <laughs> women can't go but a few months without sex. So if he's off for years in the Crusades... How's he going to stop this from happening? Mm-hmm. So he he goes off to the blacksmith, at, or maybe he's the blacksmith. I think we called him Gregor the yeah, Smith. Yeah. All right, and he starts forging, and he <laughs> makes this metal underwear, and he puts a big old padlock on it, straps it around his wife, and says, good luck getting railed now. <laughs> and he made a bunch of them, passed them out to all the other villagers. One key, yes. and I have it around my <laughs> I neck. I have the key. And uh, it was like the hottest item of the day. Everyone had one, right? Wow. So ladies walking around with iron underwear just all through the crusades. All through the crusades so that they wouldn't be cheating on their husbands. Mm. The thing is, none of that happened. Huh? This was all a story that was made up in the Renaissance. So there was a Ranker article by Genevieve Carlton where I got some info on this. She said, quote, one of the favorite pastimes of folks in the Renaissance was laughing about the ignorance of the medieval period. Right. They wanted to feel superior. They're like, we're so educated. We have all this art. But our ancestors, well, they were so dumb and mindless. And they came up with dumb stuff like this chastity belt. And they invented these stories to make their predecessors sound stupid, basically. So it was just like this dickish belittling move from through time uh, because they wanted to say that these barbaric medieval people were uh, you know, just insecure and incapable of pleasing their wives and that their wives just constantly cheat on them. So they came up with this idea for the chastity belt. That's so funny. You'd think they'd be like, let's dunk on them by being like, hey, you killed a lot of people. Right, right. <laughs> That's sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say the idea goes back earlier than that because in the Roman times, uh, there's the Roman women would wear a knotted belt uh, that they would wear on, up, right up into their wedding day, and then oh. the husband would ceremoniously unknot the belt. And Hot. so th- later on, that belt kind of endured, and they even started sort of gilding it in metal. So they think maybe they found these metal-knotted belts oh. that survived history and uh-huh. said that's sort of where they developed the concept for the chastity belt mm-hmm. in the Renaissance. Okay, so that that checks out. That sounds like the historic game of telephone, you know, coupled right, with right. prejudice against the past and what have yep. you. But also, didn't this ultimately, I don't know how far ahead this is, but did, didn't this ultimately like become a thing that people wanted to do or some version of it? Like, it's isn't it like a, a fetish at some point? To some degree in the modern era, we've gotten more into that. Where the sort of like forced chastity or, uh, you know, keeping someone under lock and key uh, from from my research, it's seemed that that's more skewed towards penis having individuals, uh, that there's a a cage lock 
and oh, for, uh, your, for, for your, your, dick. your dick, lock up your dick. So I guess so that you can't get an erection or, or be stimulated at all. Oh, wow. And your partner walks away with the key and says, not until I say so. Mm. Um, well, kind of a power dynamic. Yeah. Maybe that's what you're into. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But absolutely. wouldn't you like hurt yourself with natural uh, cycles of tumescence? You can break a dick. I've heard of this happening. You can break a dick. Yeah, absolutely. It has been one of my biggest questions about these, and I've certainly never tried one. I don't know if anybody in the list, any of our listeners can write in and let us know Please, what that's like. If we get an answering machine on that, I will be thrilled. <laughs> yes. What happens? Oh, can God. you bust out of these cages? Can you hulk out you if they're not strong enough? Can you hulk out? <laughs> it does look like they have a... A hole to, to okay, pee through. Okay, for, for, for functioning. And I'll say, some of the old designs of chastity belts from the Renaissance, there's this guy, Conrad Kaiser, who wrote a book in 1405 called The Bella Fortis, which is this military technology illustrated classic. And he just drew all these crazy industrial military machines. And he said, any other country that sees this book is going to get scared and run away. Uh, but he also included the first known drawing of a chastity belt. Oh. And it's got some gaps in the front and back so that, you know, I guess you can do your business still, oh, yeah. um, but not enough oh, to actually okay. get penetrated. So the thing is, his book was also full of jokes. So they're pretty sure that he was making this as yet another joke in the Renaissance uh, about oh, okay. what medieval people were doing. It's like a satirical... He's got fart jokes in there. <laughs> It's like yeah. an onion of its time. It, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Mad Magazine or something. Okay. Mad Magazine. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Okay. And there's there's Renaissance artwork, again, all featuring chastity belts. It's always the same thing. It's some man locking up his wife. She's always topless. She's always tits out, uh, you know, because she's insatiable. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, lock up your vagina, but your tits are free to roam. <laughs> yes, yes. Do what you will <laughs> with However those. they like. These paintings always have like a guy sneaking around in the background because they're trying to show the futility of them. Usually the guy in the background has is sneakily holding a key up in the shadows like I've already got the he key. He made a copy. He made a copy. <laughs> <laughs> Foolish husband. You never knew I made it the key of mine own. <laughs> so it's just, you know, just again, this, this perpetual joke out of the Renaissance and it, it just endured through the years to the point where we believed it to be history for a long time. Yeah. In fact, the British Museum in the in the 1990s was taking down exhibits of chastity belts that they had just assumed to be historically accurate. And when they dated the metal, they discovered that these things were from like the late 1800s. Oh. One of them they'd said had belonged to Catherine de Medici, the Queen of France, uh, you know, back in the 16th century. Mm. They thought this was her chastity belt and then they dated it. Said, oh, never mind. This is from the 19th century. It was probably just a joke. So it's like wow. uh, it's like the uh, Iron Maiden, which the, yeah. the torture device that turns out to have been mostly fictitious or doesn't match. Exactly. Up the okay. There was tons of like uh, uh, torture museums and exotic, you know, uh, oddities being sold back then. And people literally just bought up some metal, built chastity belts and said, come see this barbaric invention that our medieval people came up with. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yep. Totally false. Uh, in fact, I will say that in the 18th century, Mr. Voltaire wrote a poem kind of <gasps> mocking the whole idea of chastity belts. We got another poem? His, we got yeah. another poem. Very excited. All right. His whole point in this poem was that it was foolish to force fidelity by locking a woman up. And that the whole poem is pretty long, but I pulled out a couple selections here. 
And I say we go on down to Poetry Corner and hear a selection from Voltaire's poem, The Padlock. Each cuckold soul who during life did all he could to plague his wife, then thus declared a Florentine, most mighty monarch I'd opine, for death, for once a wife is dead, she can't defile the marriage bed. But ah, sir, an immortal wife can never be deprived of life. A padlock, therefore, I'd invent, which should such accidents prevent. (laughs) She must be virtuous, of course, when under the restraint of force, not to be come at by her elf. You're sure to have her to yourself, which I had thought before I died such a convenience to provide. This sage advice, a loud applause from all the damned assembly draws. I'm going to do it in my Bane voice. Um, And even Pluto's self some pity felt when spouse's virtue he made fast. And said, you'll now perforce dechaste This lock which hell could frame alone Soon to the human race was known In Venice, Rome, and all about it No gentleman or sits without it Tis always, though, a method sure All female honor too secure Their husbands, though some sneerers mock Keep virtue safe and under lock, but all his jealous care is in vain. Love always knows his ends to gain, that God will sure espouse or cause. He still protects who keeps his laws, for you have given me your heart and can't refuse me any part. Stalker vibes. Get out. Oh my Get God. out, girl. Super creepy. The oh car's coming God. from inside the house. <laughs> Bad times. For real. I do appreciate that he's like, it's clearly an accident. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. Okay. We want to prevent these accidents where you trip and your dick falls into my wife. <laughs> so who left that banana peel oh on the God. floor? Oh my God. Who's cleaning around here? But, but again, satire. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, Voltaire totally mocking the whole notion. Um, That's so funny. As, as seemed to be all anyone was ever really doing was kind of teasing about it. I'm imagining like a thousand years from now, someone unearthing something from Spencer's gifts, <laughs> being like, <laughs> "I guess they really used this." Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, like the um, the. Do you guys remember the pin thing? There was a big yes. one you put your face in or your hand mm-hmm. and it would do a shape oh, based yeah. on the fence. Yes. So someone's going to find that and be like, you know what I think people are doing? I think they were banging this thing. Just yeah, like definitely put put it. Let's write a poem about it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I need to sell some books. <laughs> Let's write a poem about it. The man in the 21st century loved to take a box of 3,000 nails <laughs> and put his dick in it. <laughs> Just go Just to town. No uh, <laughs> it's like some Jim Rose circus sideshow kind of shit. Right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. No kidding. <laughs> this is a great spot for a break. We'll be right back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, welcome back to the show. But, okay, but Eli, we know that there are physical, like, artifacts. Like, somewhere along the line, despite the story being untrue, several right. people thought satire. No, they were like, I'm going to make one, though, Right. Yeah. And typically, again, these were made mostly for show, um, whether it be in sold off in a museum or sent on one of these oddity tours. The idea was that they were always made as fakes uh, from history. Uh, in fact, historian and curator Leslie Smith said, quote, I have traveled abroad and looked at art collections and as yet haven't seen a chastity belt that can be proved to be in medieval origin." So as far as anyone can tell, all these manufactured chastity belts were made as 
basically a historical prank. <gasps> Myth wow. busting. Don't buy those vintage chastity belts on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> They're <laughs> not worth shit. <laughs> it's a swindle. Not worth it. Uh, yeah, British Museum, the Cluny Museum in France, uh, both have had to take down exhibits of chastity belts that they had previously said were historical objects mm. and then found out, nope, these were totally bogus. That's embarrassing. Yeah, that's, that's embarrassing. so embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that, that like you mentioned, Ben, that, that, that today we've turned it all around and we've made them for, for pleasure devices, almost the opposite of their original supposed intention. That's true. That is funny. It was originally meant to keep you from uh -huh. having sex, and now it's like, this is part of the sex, <laughs> and it's super hot. Yes. <laughs> Tantric. Now your sex is 10 hours long. So I, I do want to um, give uh, some shout-outs to our, our off-air friends uh, who reacted a bit strangely when they heard, and Noel, I don't know if you had this conversation too, but reacted a bit strangely when... Uh, we were going to hang out and I, I said, oh, yeah, no, I got to we're we're doing a two part thing on sex toys. And <laughs> and they uh, <laughs> this is multiple people. They were like, you mean like you and Noel are getting together to talk about sex toys? Or, or it was like, no, we're 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 hanging out with some other people, too. I just made it yeah. worse. Uh, but yeah, it's our, our married friends. Yeah. Our married friends. We're all going to do sex toys together. Yeah, well, they invited us into their relationship. It's, uh, yeah, very progressive. Yeah, I love it. Um, I did see someone on Twitter be like, "I we said it some about a two parter," and they were like, "Isn't that called a double a double fister, <laughs> double headed <laughs> yeah. episode yeah. or something?" Yeah. yeah. Shout out a to fister. That's the thing. Uh, um, uh, unrelated, totally related. Uh, I went in researching some of this stuff. I found a place that I think we should all figure out a way to take a field trip to in San Francisco there is a museum uh, for sex toys and it is called Good Vibrations da -da, da -da, <laughs> of course it is it's, uh, yes! it's an antique, uh, antique vibrator museum specifically oh, and then of right. course in, in, uh, in New York the Museum of Sex is really cool I've actually been there yeah uh, and they have like all kinds of vintage porn and, and sex toys and all these guys I mean it's really just fascinating and it's uh, very yeah. very naughty and body uh, and they have a gift shop at the end where you know if you can imagine what they sell there, but uh, don't they have a room full of boobs? That yeah, you can, like, they, I don't know if it was a permanent thing, but it was it was there when I was there. It was a mm -hmm. bouncy house made of bouncy boobs. house. <laughs> Finally, right. amazing. Finally, incredible. Everybody amazing. said it was I think crazy. There's... <laughs> Finally, there's also I think there's a the vagina museum. Mm -hmm. I believe is in England, probably oh, yeah. London. But I follow their Twitter account, and it's really awesome. The... Isn't it the Fanny Museum in London? There it is. <laughs> they, say, they say fanny for yeah. the, oh, the fanny. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a butt. No, no, that's why no yeah. shit. That's, I didn't know that. That's why fanny funny. pack is hilarious to all our British friends. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> okay, that would be that is pretty. Funny. Also, another, like the vagina's another, already its own fanny pack. <laughs> another like kind of naughty or uh, I think maybe fanny Iceland. is it's sort of slangy, but the word minge. Oh yeah, minge. Just, yeah. It's just so visceral sounding. And yeah. Also, there's while we're on tour while we take the ridiculous universe on a museum tour we should also stop by iceland to see the penis museum uh oh sure yeah 
I love how open we all are. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, let's do that. I'm down. I'm down for that. Hey, I'll see a museum of anything. Totally. Yeah, I love love a museum. Yeah. 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 Honestly, the weirder museums are really more fun. Almost. The more niche, the better. Because it took some real weirdos to curate that stuff. You know, like the Museum of Death, I think it's one of my favorites of all time. Oh, wow. There's one in uh, Hollywood and there's one in New Orleans. And there's the museum. There's like the Museum of Murder. There's the Museum Mm -hmm. of Jurassic Technology. Which is uh, super cool. Uh, I think we can awesome. all check that one. We're on the West Coast, but I feel you guys. I love, uh, like you were saying, Noel, incredibly specific museums. It's why I'm slow on road trips because if I yeah. if I'm like passing, yeah. we did a show on this for stuff they don't want you to know. But if I'm like passing, uh, just some beat up sign that is like uh-huh. the official uh, the. The uh, I'm thinking the most ridiculous thing. Oh, like the official museum of left shoes throughout history. 100% guaranteed no righties. Then I'm like, there goes the afternoon, you know? I'm, I got to go see these. I love it. H- have you seen the Bigfoot Museum in mm-hmm. North yes. Have you been yeah. there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been, I'm so curious. Expedition Bigfoot? What was Expedition, it called? Yeah, yeah. Expedition yeah. Bigfoot. It's real I'm cool. Curious. And speaking yeah. of niche, the guy that runs it, uh, David, what's the guy's name that runs it, Ben? David Baraka. B-A-R-A-K. He is the quintessential niche interest focused, you know, museum curator. And he does such a good job. Like the exhibits there are very much just inspired by, I think, like, you know, vintage Disney kind of Epcot type vibes, you know, like Hall of President type. I mean, it's really, really well done. And uh, I highly recommend anybody passing through. Check out the Bigfoot Museum. I guess my question is, where's the Bigfoot Sex Toy Museum? Oh. I was. I was. That's that's the natural now, progression. Um, this this should this could be our contribution to museum sciences. Uh-huh. We could make the Bigfoot. Is sex there a, toy museum? Is there a Bigfoot chastity belt? We can make one. We can apparently make one. You just make them up. So yeah, just, <laughs> just make one up. If anyone was going to hulk their way out of a chastity belt, though, it's going to be a Bigfoot. Let yeah, me tell right. you. You can't right. contain right. those fellas. They are uh, <laughs> ravenous. It's not just the and feet. you know big feet. You know what they say about big feet. <laughs> <laughs> big shoes. Oh boy. Big shoes. Very large shoes. Well, this oh, is amazing. Uh, this has definitely altered. I don't know about you, Noel, but this has altered a lot of the conversations that I'm having in the future. Uh, I, yeah. I I am. I I've learned a lot. Uh, I don't yeah. know if I wanted to learn all of it. Uh, <laughs> But now I can't not Great. know That's it. That's our show's sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff you may have thought of you wanted to know, but you didn't really. <laughs> I'm starting a nonprofit for goats. This is not. This oh, is it's thing. really the things, things, the stuff we've learned about goats on this show. It's they just deserve better. Unreasonable. Yeah. I think we did it. We've talked about Every sex toy in history. No, that's not true. But. No, there's a whole other episode getting dedicated <laughs> so to vibrators. Yeah. Yes, like... and pornography also. I yeah. left all the porn and brothel stuff out, but right. that's also very fascinating. Well, so I'm very excited about that. Ben and Noel, thank you guys so much again for, yeah. for coming to join us on the show, for giving us your time for two episodes here. Yeah. Are you kidding? We got to say cocks and pricks and mm-hmm. butt Minge. plugs and Minge. I mean, we just Fifi, fuckable Fanny. item. What is uh, it? Oh, uh, what's free, the first? It was a fully, fully improvised, improvised fuckable, fuckable, item. fuckable yes. item. Yes. I mean, we're like we're yes. like kids in Fresh. a in a, in a erotic museum? bookstore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's an image I did not mean to conjure. Oh, but, uh, no. There it is. Why are you in right. here? Get well, out. Thanks Get for out. coming by and getting our show canceled, guys. <laughs> no worries. That's what we do best. <laughs> oh no, uh, 
uh, please um, tell the tell the good people where they can find you guys. Yeah, absolutely. You can just uh, yeah. Weirdly, ridiculous history is just us. So just Google that <laughs> business, and you'll find it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you know the iHeartRadio app, all the places you get podcasts. We, we're not choosy. You can find it anywhere. <laughs> you can also find Ben and I as individual human people on the internet. I am on Instagram pretty much exclusively at How Now Noel Brown Sir Bolin. Sir Brown, thank you so much. If you would like to uh, see some, uh, I don't want to judge him. If you want to see some puns that I thought were hilarious on Twitter, <laughs> you can uh, join me over at Ben Bolin, HSW. Shout out to everybody's support uh, for this and other endeavors. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram where I am at Ben Bolin, B-O-W-L-I-N. That's awesome. And please, you know, tell us what you thought of this episode, of any episodes, if you got any ideas for us to do shows in the future. We love hearing from you. Yes. Shoot us an email at romance at iheartmedia.com. Yeah, or we're on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Dynamite Boom. And I'm at Oh Great, it's Eli. And the show is at Ridic Romance. Thanks again to Ben and Noel for coming by. Yes. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you, yeah, for listening. Yes. Really and appreciate you. Yeah, we will catch you all at the next episode. Love you. Bye. Bye. So long, friends. It's time to go. Thanks so for listening to our show tell your friends neighbors uncles and aunts to listen to our show ridiculous romance I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people. 
in an unscripted, unvarnished way, is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances, whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death. We all want to know, what happened next? To find out, listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.